Insights listeners, Nicole here, and thanks for joining me for this week's Bite Size Insights, empowering people leaders with best-in-class information in 10 minutes or less. On today's Bite Size, we are wrapping up the two-part episode from Sarah Nodarse of The Zone, the global culture consultancy on a mission to make organizations more human. Now, in part one, Sarah broke down the meaning of diversity and inclusion and shared a unique approach to these concepts. In this episode, she'll discuss the meaning of equity and why this all matters. All right, so we've covered diversity and inclusion. What about equity and how does this all relate to engagement? So equity is part of the diversity and inclusion paradigm because it's really about the outcome. So to understand how equity is about the outcome, let's contrast equity with equality. So a lot of times people get those two confused. So with equality, we're talking about equality of worth. So we have equality of worth as a human. These are human rights. And then we have, on top of that, we have equality of rights as a citizen. These are civil rights. And then we have equality in terms of being an employee. And this is what we commonly refer to as the meritocracy. So human rights is a concept that says that all human beings are born free and equal in dignity and rights. So that's the fundamental baseline is this equality of humans in terms of their dignity, in terms of their humanity. So on top of that, we have our civil rights, which I I mentioned the Civil Rights Act of 1964 earlier, and there's other pieces of legislation that codify our civil rights in, in the United States. And then we have the meritocracy. So the meritocracy just means that theoretically, all other things being equal, meaning our social identities, we judge people based on their ability. So this means that if we have two people with different social identities, say a white man and a black woman, they should be judged according to their abilities and not according to those identities or according to any assumptions that we might have about those identities, such as unconscious bias or cultural filters that I mentioned earlier. So we're definitely not there yet. We can definitely see that assumptions and social identities still play a huge role in how ability is judged and assessed. And we have to constantly correct for this in the workplace. So for example, we know that in performance reviews, we tend to give women comments on their personality and men comments on their performance. Or we tend to see black and Hispanic men as lacking polish, whereas we see white men as coachable. We know this from the data. There's plenty of data out there that shows us where our assumptions about social identities still come into play to the detriment uh, of, of a meritocracy. So that's why we need to constantly correct for unconscious bias and cultural filters in the workplace. And if we can create a culture where facilitative leaders are bringing out the whole person and everyone, we can also create more opportunity for equal outcomes on our teams. So equity is best seen as an outcome when equality of opportunity and meritocracy are actually achieved. One way this can be measured is with pay equity, but other ways are, for example, assessing the diversity of VP and above leadership. So if we are successful at creating performance review criteria that are applied to all equally, we will get more diversity in senior leadership. And if we have a culture where the whole person can thrive, then we will get better innovation. 
And that's where facilitative leadership comes in. So we need to look at creating that environment where people can thrive. And so now let's tie it all together and talk about the relationship to engagement. And really, it has to do with this emphasis on culture, because as we've been discussing, a lot of the ways in which these systemic barriers can be removed come down to whether the leader is a good facilitative leader or not, because we can remove the barriers to promotion, we can remove the barriers to hiring, but if we don't create a culture where people feel welcome, well, then people will not stay through to that promotion process. They will not stay in the organization long enough to be promoted. So basically, since DEI is so closely tied to culture, it's also very closely tied to employee engagement. Diverse employees who do not feel supported, included, or valued will not have the psychological safety to bring their whole self or their whole person to the table. And that goes for not just diverse employees, but every employee, the straight white man included. We need everybody to be included, including the straight white men. And so the facilitative leader needs to make sure that they are creating that environment for everyone. Employees who do not feel supported, included, or valued will not find the meaning or the why that makes them willing to go that extra mile or even have the capacity or stamina for that extra mile. And those are the three basic elements of engagement. The psychological safety to bring your whole self and your whole person to the table, the meaning or the why behind why you have to go that extra mile, and the capacity and stamina for going that extra mile. So at The Zone, we believe that facilitative leadership skills are needed to create this inclusive culture that cultivates collective intelligence on teams. Survey scores on engagement or inclusion can only go so far because true engagement is really an individual phenomenon that's created not just through people's policies and processes like promotions, like we said, but also via the smallest unit of relationships, interpersonal interactions. And that's where the facilitative leader can be immensely powerful in creating inclusion. Thank you for joining this week's Bite Size. I hope that you learned something new. And if there's a topic that you want to make sure we address, please submit your feedback at Amplify.com slash questions. That's E-M-P-L-I-F-Y dot com slash questions.